ELC Radio. Love God. Lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. To Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. guys for joining us today. Today's a special time if you're a believer and even if you're not. Maybe you're not, but you're tuning in because, well, it's Easter. And what do Americans do on Easter? Most of the time we go to church. But the times are different right now with COVID. And and yes, we are still doing on uh, in-person services, uh, 9 and 11 every uh, Sunday. And I want to invite you to come out at some point when you feel comfortable. But maybe you're just tuning in today because it's the thing to do. Well, I want you to just take a moment and uh, let me preach to you today. Let me speak to you a little bit today about what Resurrection Sunday is all about. And let's start in Matthew chapter 28, 1 through 8. And this is a story of what happened on the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. It says this, now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. And his countenance was like lightning and his clothing was white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. Let's pray. Father, I pray for everybody out there that is watching today in their home, in their car, or wherever they're at. And I pray that the power of your word would impact them today. May they get a revelation of what you did on this day and how miraculous it was and how it's changed the entire world, the universe for that matter, on this day. And Father, we ask right now that you would be in their home and that you would speak to them through this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Matthew 28, 1 through 8, what an amazing uh, story to the greatest story ever told. A great, great ending, so to speak. It's really not even an ending, but to Jesus's earthly ministry, it, it kind of puts the cap on it all. 
Uh, we know the story. We know that Jesus came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and uh, the, the fans and the crowd, the people were excited. They took palms off the trees. They sang Hosanna, Hosanna. And he came into the city with great fanfare. But then by Friday, we know that he was betrayed by one of his disciples, one of his staff members. And uh, Judas betrays him and gives him over to his enemies. His enemies take him before the courts and before Pilate and uh, uh, he is sentenced to be crucified. And why did he do this? Well, there's a, there's a reason why Jesus willfully went to the cross. There's a reason why the Son of God, the almighty, all-powerful God, submitted to death on the cross. Sure, he had power to call down angels. He had power to, to wipe out the empire, the Roman empire of the day. But he didn't do that. Instead, he submitted to the cross. And you might not realize why he did this, but let me tell you today, he did this for you and I. You see, Jesus had to die and go to the cross. And then be risen again for you and I. Why did he do this? He did this to redeem lost man to, to God. He did this to fix what sin had brought into the world and separated man from God through the fall of Adam and Eve. It was in the plan of God that through one son paying the price or doing the time for mankind's sin, that if he paid the penalty for us, you and I could be sinless or blameless before a holy God and we can be reunited. You see, without Jesus Christ dying on a cross, you and I would be lost forever. Because see, there had to be a, a penalty paid for the things that you and I have done wrong against our God or even just what Adam and Eve did uh, in the garden by choosing sin over a relationship with God. And that set forth something in, in every person born after then that we are, were separated from God our Father. Now let me take you over to Romans chapter 5, uh, reading verse 6 all the way 10 through 12 and then verse 17 to give you a little picture of what I'm talking about in the scriptures. It says this, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as though one man, just, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all man because all sinned. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through one man, much more those who receive abundant grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. And so I skipped around Romans there a little bit from verse 6, 10 through 12, and then all the way down to 17 to basically break down this. 
Before Jesus died on the cross, because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden, you and I were separated from God. So Jesus comes to be the acceptable sacrifice for mankind's sin. And when he did that, just as we all lost right standing through one man, Adam, we all gain righteousness back through one man, Jesus. That's what the book of Romans tells us. And that's why we can get so excited about Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, as we call it, because it's the day when Jesus paid the price so that we can be back in relationship with God. But wait, it gets better. You say, what can be better than being reconnected and reconciled with a holy God? What can be better? Being adopted by that God. That's right, being adopted. Not only did Jesus pay the price so that you and I can be reconnected with our creator, but he paid the price so that you and I can be brought into sonship with God, our father. It's a completely different thing. Matter of fact, there's not another religion in the world that would dare claim to call the creator their heavenly father. A lot of other religions around the world recognize and worship a God that they fear. They worship a God that they acknowledge as creator, but they would never acknowledge as father. And what Jesus did on this, on, on this day from on the cross and then raising again from the dead shows you how blessed we are. Because see, he didn't only redeem us as lost man, but then he adopts us into the family of God. Let me prove it to you in the scriptures here. Ephesians chapter one, verses three through six. It says this, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us, listen to this, to adoption as sons of Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved." Now, listen, I know there's a lot there to unpack. There's a lot of Bible uh, uh, language there and things. Let me break down what this is basically saying. It's saying this, that because of what Jesus Christ did when he defeated death, hell and the grave on the cross and through his resurrection, he now blesses you and I with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ and through Christ every spiritual blessing, which I don't know why some people continue to mess with astrology, continue to mess with all these other things in the spirit that promise you spiritual blessings or spiritual insight. Man, quit doing that. The Bible tells us this, every spiritual blessing you need is found in Christ. And when you come to Christ, he gives it to you. So there's somebody watching me right now. You still going to the palm reader, man, quit doing that. 
There's somebody else out there right now. You still read your horoscopes. Man, quit doing that. Quit seeking spiritual blessings outside of Christ because the Bible says he's given us all the spiritual blessings. Oh, come on, somebody. That's enough right there to, to have you hooting and hollering and running around the room. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing through Christ. But then it goes on to say this. Now he's chosen us before the foundations of the world that you and I should be holy and without blame before him. Did you hear that? Without blame. You ever go around somebody that you did wrong? You know that feeling? Come on, you know that feeling that you get when you see somebody that you owe money to? Oh, come on, somebody. We've all had that experience before. Uh, you owe money to somebody. You see them in the supermarket. You walk the other way. Or if they see you, it's an awkward interaction. It's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Come on. Y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Or you ever been, uh, you ever ran into somebody that did you wrong? And yet now they're avoiding you at every turn? It's interesting, isn't it? You know why they do that? Because they can't stand before you without blame. Some people treat God like that. That's why when you invite them to church, they're like, oh, no, 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 I, I, got, I got something to do. Or, you know, I like my Sunday mornings and, and they won't come. It's because in their minds, they know, in their conscience, they know, in their heart, they know that they're not without blame. But listen, if you're watching me today, you can be without blame. Jesus died and rose again so that when you approached God, you never have to feel like that. Another scripture in the word of God says we can boldly come before his throne of grace. And that's what it's saying right here in Ephesians that Jesus did for us. He paid the price so that you and I can be considered holy and come before him without blame in love. But then it says something even more powerful than that. It says he's brought us into adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Guys, this is an amazing thought when you read and you, and you study what the word of God has to say in the Old Testament. The Jews didn't even really relate to God as father. They related to him in so many other powerful ways. But it wasn't until Jesus came to the earth that he revealed God as father. And he came and he died on the cross, rose again, so that you and I could also know God as father. And what's powerful is this. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we say yes to his sacrifice for us, he brings us adoption papers. So not only do our sins get erased, not only do we get this thing called holiness that allows us to come before God the Father without blame or shame, which would all be enough. Come on, let's, let's face it. That would be amazing as it is. He then brings us the ability to be adopted to where God becomes our Father. Now, that sounds nice. That sounds sweet. And that can give you lovey-dovey feelings, all these fuzzy feelings. And then that's good. I want it to do that. But let's also take it into consideration what it means in a legal way to be adopted. You know what it means? 
It means that you are now an heir to everything that your father has. Oh, come on, somebody. You need to catch that today. It means that you are an heir to everything that your father has. Now, that's exciting news if you're somebody who is lacking something. Imagine getting adopted by a billionaire and you've been living in Section 8 housing all your life and you haven't had much and, and you've scraped together two nickels to, to get, get by and then someday somebody comes and adopts you and they're a billionaire. And all of a sudden, through that interaction, through that adoption, without deserving it, legally, you are now given an inheritance. This is why the Bible says that we're adopted as sons. Now, this is written during a time when the only person, the only people that got inheritances were the sons. Remember, the daughters usually left the family and were married into another family with another son who would get their uh, uh, inheritance. So it doesn't say we're adopted as sons and daughters, but don't get it twisted. We're not dealing with gender in that term. Basically, the son was the one that would get the full inheritance that would take and get the use of the name and everything that the father had. And so when it says we've been adopted as sons, basically what it's saying there is we've been given an incredible inheritance. When Jesus died on the cross, when he rose from the dead, and listen, it only happened because he rose from the dead. Him rising from the dead showed he was greater than death, hell, and the grave. It was his victory that he got up. And it's that victory that he gives to us that gives us all these things. And what I want you to catch from hearing this word today is this. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you're a Christian. Yes, you can be born again. But greater even than those things I've just said is understanding that you are a son or daughter of God. You're in the family of God. I like to say it like this. God is no longer just your God. See, people out in the world, they know God is God. Before you gave your life to Jesus, you knew God is God. But come on into this Christian thing. Come on into following Jesus and find out what it means to know God as Father. <laughs> There's a big difference. And that's why we get so excited about Resurrection Sunday. Let's keep reading. Let's look at the book of Galatians now. Galatians chapter 3, 26 through 29. It says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Now he's, re he's writing this to the Christians in Galatia, but it applies to us. We're all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. Hey, you're all one in Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. There's no difference. Hey, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're Asian, there's no difference. Whether you're blood, whether you're crip, whether you're Norteño, Sudeño. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm hitting some nerves now. It don't matter what set you're from. In Christ, we're all one. 
Doesn't matter if you're male or female. We're all one, but let's keep going. He says this, and if you are Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, what does this scripture mean? Well, this scripture is talking about a reference from the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. Uh, you know, Genesis all the way through Malachi there is talking about God's dealing with his first, uh, uh, his chosen people, his first nation, the nation of Israel. And when you read the Old Testament, there's so many promises in there that God gives to Abraham. There's so many promises in the book of Psalms and Proverbs. And there's so many truths and revelations. And there's a lot of people that say, oh, well, don't take those out of context because that was for Israel. But the Bible tells us here in Galatians, when you receive Jesus Christ, you get all the blessings of sonship and you get all the blessings of Abraham's seed which means this, when we read that Old Testament, we can get excited when he tells Abraham, you will be blessed. You'll be the head and not the tail. When you read those declarations and blessings in the book of Deuteronomy, you can get excited. Yes, he said that to Israel, but now through Jesus Christ, all the, pre all the promises that were given to Abraham and the Jews, we now can take part of in our life. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm telling you, the resurrection did so much than just give you a ticket to heaven. It has literally given you a new life if you can access it by putting on Christ. Second thing I want you to understand, as I said, the first thing was this. God is not just your God. He's your father. The second thing you got to get is this. We have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. You're a son. You're an heir to Jesus Christ. You have an inheritance. Now, let's unpack that a little bit. What does that mean on this Easter Sunday? As you look at your life, are you living under the inheritance that God died? Jesus died on the cross to give you. Are you accessing the new life that Jesus Christ has died to give you? Or are you still longing for life? as a slave in the world. You know, one of the saddest things for me as a pastor of over 30 years is seeing Christians still being uh, swayed or still being seduced by their old life. And I see it. I see Christians come to church and they're in church because they know that's where they should be. But when they're away from church, they're seduced by the culture. They're seduced by their old memories, their old lifestyle, their old friends. And they're talked out of their greatest blessing, which is this new life that Jesus died on the cross and rose again to give you. So let's look at this. Galatians chapter four. You have an inheritance. It says this in Galatians four, one through seven. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Now I'm going to stop right there for a moment because I... I you, you got to catch this today. Yes, God is now your father if you receive him as, as your Lord and Savior. Yes, you have an heir. But look what Galatians says. As long as you're a child, there'll be no difference between you and a slave. You and an unsaved person. There'll be no difference 
You think, well, you go, well, man, how can this be? Wait a minute, pastor, you just took all this time to talk about all the blessings that I have in Christ Jesus and all that Jesus has done for me. And now Galatians is telling me, as long as I'm a child, my life won't differ from that of a slave. I told you I've been doing this now for 30 years. I know I don't look it. Give me some love in the comments now. But you know, this year I'm gonna be turning 50. And in my years of ministry, over 40 different nations, preaching all throughout America, starting three different churches in our ministry, it breaks my heart to see that people aren't living in their inheritance. People aren't reaping the benefits of the things that Jesus died on the cross to give them. They're not reaping the benefits that are, are to be given to you as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. This is our victory day. This is when he paid the price for your better life. Yet so many Christians aren't experiencing that. Some of you watching me right now, you're not experiencing it. Could this be the reason why? Galatians 4.1, he says, now I say that an heir as long as he is a child. You know, another word for child is this, as long as he is immature. As long as he is immature, he will not differ from a slave. Let's keep reading now. Though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. That we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, which means daddy. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Yes, which we've been talking about for the last few minutes. But this, but as long as a son, as long as an heir is immature, he'll stay as a slave. Folks, what I want you to catch today is this. Yes, you have an inheritance. Yes, you're an heir to salvation. But listen, unless you grow spiritually, unless you mature, you'll never taste the incredible delicacies that Jesus Christ died to give you. You'll never experience the great wealth, the great provision, the great joy, the great love, unless you mature. Now, this is where it gets tough because we all want the blessings. We all want the inheritance. But many times we don't take the time to mature. Now think about it in the natural. I know in America, I don't know, maybe some of you are watching from other nations, but in America, we have something here that uh, if a child's parents die, he is not able to touch his inheritance until the age of maturity. That age in America is 18 years old. Once a child is 18 years old, they're considered mature, even though sometimes we know an 18-year-old can be very immature. But nonetheless, it's the age of maturity. 
once they reach the age of maturity, even in the natural, the law recognizes this. They are ready to handle their inheritance. I got a question for you. What is that age of maturity for a believer? Because see, I know Christians that have been saved 5, 10, 15 years and they still act like babies. Oh, come on, somebody, don't get mad at me. I'm, I, I, gotta, I gotta help you right here. You, I, you know them too. You, you're probably thinking about some folks like that. They've been saved a very long time, but they haven't quite matured in the spirit. You see, the age of maturity for a believer is not found in the amount of time they spend in church. It's not found in the amount of time uh, that, they, that they've served. or It's found in their fruit. And many Christians don't take the time to grow fruit. So catch this today. Third thing I want you to catch. Yes, God is your father. Yes, you have an inheritance. But the third thing you got to catch is this. To receive your inheritance, you must grow and mature in God. All right. Now, let me help you a step further on this Resurrection Sunday. This is where going to church comes in to the plan of God. You know, there's a thing out there with people. They say, well, I, I believe in Jesus Christ. I just don't believe in going to church. That's a sad statement. Well, you know, I believe in God. I just, you know, I had a bad experience with church uh, at one time. So now, you know, I just don't want nothing to do with it. Hey, listen. I understand those things. Church hurt is a very, very real thing. But as real as it is, it doesn't change the plan and the purpose for church. It also doesn't change that there's blessing involved in being a part of a local church. So once you give your life to God, you know what your second focus needs to be? Maturity. And this is where the church comes in. Ephesians 4, 11 through 14, it says this. I'm going to read it to you in the Passion Translation. It says, And God has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with the grace to be prophets, some with the grace to be evangelists, some with the grace to be pastors, and some with the grace to be teachers. Note the word some means this, not everybody has that grace. And look what else it says. It says, and their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith. Until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man. That word perfect there means maturity. And it goes on to say, with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity, fully developed in the abundance of Christ. And then our immaturity will end. Did you catch that? It basically says this, God has put fivefold ministry, not in the workplace necessarily, not 
you know, at the club, not in, just in your neighborhood. You know where the fivefold ministry is to exist? Within the church. And in the church, when they are nurturing you, teaching you, training you to handle your inheritance. And what is it that you've inherited from Jesus Christ? You've inherited his mission, his ministry. And if we do church right, church becomes a place to where people are growing and being nurtured and being taught so that they can mature. And if they mature, they can then be entrusted with their spiritual inheritance. Oh, come on. You wouldn't give the keys to a Maserati to a six-year-old. Nor would you give a black uh, credit card. Come on, you know one of those, those, you know, uh, those, those limited credit cards they give out? The platinum or what? You wouldn't give that to a 12-year-old. They couldn't handle it. They'd misuse it. They would hurt people with those things. I believe God is waiting for us to spiritually mature so that we can handle all that he purchased for us on the cross. So he could hand us the victory that he won on Resurrection Sunday. So if you're listening out there today, remember, God is your father. He's, you've, been, you've been adopted into the family of God. You've also been given an inheritance. The third thing, to receive your inheritance, you've got to grow and mature. And this is where the church comes in. You've got to grow and mature. Somebody out there is watching me and you've stayed away from the church too long because of church hurt. And I get it. Listen, I've had church hurt. I've had people hurt me in leadership. I've had people hurt me in the pew. And it doesn't change the fact that hurt is a part of it. You know what else hurts? Family hurts. You know where else I've been hurt? I've been hurt on the job, but I still go to work. I still have a family. I haven't given up on family. And even though church has hurt you, don't give up on the gathering together of called out ones. So let me tie a nice little Easter bow on everything that we've been talking about today. Because there's somebody out there that needs to know, how do I receive all that Christ has died to give me? Well, in a nutshell, number one, you got to understand that without Christ, you're not a part of the family of God. Yeah, yeah, I said it because it's in the word of God. Because I know people like to say, well, we're all a part of the family of God in the earth. We're all children of God. But did you know that's not true? <laughs> There's actually scripture that talks about the sons of disobedience. You know who is a part of the family of God? Those who have acknowledged Jesus' sacrifice by receiving him as their Lord and Savior. And if you're watching today and you are not serving God, you're not living like he is your Lord and Savior. You're separated from God. Yeah, your prayers hit different when you are serving the Lord and you know it. So how do you receive what Jesus has purchased on this Resurrection Sunday? First thing you got to realize is that you need Jesus. That Jesus is the only way to bring you back to God and bring you in to the family of God. You got to understand that Jesus is the son of God who takes away your sins and therefore the penalty of those sins. Without that, 
you're separated for eternity. It's not just about being separated here on earth. One day the Bible is very clear that we will stand before God and the book of life will be opened up. And if our name is not in the book of life, we will spend eternity away from God. What gives us, you know, entrance into the book of life? Receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Receiving him. Now, how do I do that? Well, the first thing you got to do is the first thing that Jesus preached. What did Jesus preach? Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to proclaim this message with these words. Turn away from your sins. That means repent and come to God for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. How do you access it? How do you get that access? You got to give your life to Jesus and you've got to repent of living life without him. Repent from your old ways. Turn from your old ways. Hey, listen, I had to do it when I was 19 years old. I was on a path where God was not the center of my life, where I was not following God or his word. And that path was getting me into trouble. It brought me into deep depression. It brought me into to, to so much uncertainties in my life. And many of you know my testimony. But I made a decision. I heard a message. I heard a preacher preach, came to the altar. And that day I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I made a decision. God, I am no longer going to try to live life away from your word. I want to follow you. And you can follow him today. And when you do, we just read all the scriptures. What is going to happen to you right there in your home or wherever you're watching is when you ask Jesus Christ into your life, when you make a declaration that you are repenting from living your old life the way you were, Jesus is going to come. His spirit is going to come and he's going to wipe away every sin that is against you, that shouts against you. Every sin that, that makes you feel uncomfortable in the presence of God. He's going to take that sin. He's going to take that shame. The book of Isaiah says he's going to cast it from as far as the east is from the west. The book of Isaiah also says that God makes a conscious decision to remember your sins no more. Which means this, you now have a blank slate, a fresh start. The old preachers called it being white as snow, being washed white as snow. So that there's nothing keeping you from the presence of God. That's what's going to happen right now when we pray. The second thing that's going to happen is God's going to literally give you your adoption papers. That's right. No, papers aren't going to appear and you're not going to have to sign them, but you understand what I'm saying. God is going to engraft you into the family and you're going to have all the rights of a son. You're going to have access to everything that Jesus has, everything that God the Father has. And remember, he's the creator of it all. Now, I know it sounds too good to be true. And you know what? That's because... When you give your life to the Lord, you're a baby. And as we talked about today, you're going to have to mature. But as you mature, as you grow, you're going to begin to see the blessings manifest in your life. The blessings of being a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Can I pray with you today? Because I feel in my spirit there's somebody watching right now. You've been away from God. Yeah, you can leave the, you can leave the path. Yeah, you can stop following Jesus. Yeah, you can. Listen, 
Yes, you may have prayed a prayer many years ago, but you know if the path you're on is following Jesus Christ. Remember, he said, repent and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. If you're watching right now, I want to pray with you. Let's get back on that path. Let's receive forgiveness like the prodigal son did when he left his father. The father received him back and gave him the best ring and the robe and threw a party from him because the son that was lost was now found. That's somebody out there right now. I know I'm talking to you. But maybe there are others, for whatever reason, you turned on and, and you, you caught this. You need to give your life to Jesus because without Jesus, you will spend eternity away from God. Let's fix that today. I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And after I pray this prayer, I want you to contact us, in, inbox us, message us, message us. However you're watching this, just contact us there and let us know you prayed that prayer. And we want to reach out because the next step to you receiving your inheritance is you've got to grow and you've got to mature. And nobody can do that on their own. You need a church. If you're in the Sacramento area, we'd love to be that church for you. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for everybody watching right now that might be away from you. And Lord, all they need to do is recognize the sacrifice that you made, the victory that you won on this day of resurrection. And Lord God, if they want to receive you as Jesus, as the, as receive you as the Lord of their life, all they need to do is ask you into their life, Lord, and make a conscious decision to leave their old ways behind and come and follow you through repentance. Lord, I pray that as they're watching this today, they fill the Father's heart and they respond to your love, that you're not mad at them. As a matter of fact, you love them. Bring them home, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. See, all you gotta do is ask them into your life. All you gotta do is repent from your old ways. All you gotta do is find a church to plug into and grow. And you're going to see an incredible life blossom and bloom. Hey, I've been doing this now for 30 years. I see it all the time. I see stories unfold. And I think it's time for your story to begin to unfold. I pray you have an amazing Resurrection Sunday with your families. Go hunt eggs in the backyard, eat a ham, cook out, whatever you do. But celebrate the love of Jesus Christ for your life. God bless you guys. Have an amazing season. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store and you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.